You're about to enjoy an It Takes Three Network podcast. Hello. Hello. Oh, yeah. Who is this? What are you wearing? Ryan? No. Hi. Were you just trying to stalk me? Yeah, I guess I need a little more practice. That is the most romantic thing anyone has ever done for me. Mm. Welcome back to Let's Talk OC, an OC podcast. I'm Michelle. I'm Liz. And this week, we have two guests. You might remember them as the therapists, <laughs> my sister Sam and brother-in-law Bobby. Hi, guys. Bang. Hello, bang. Sorry, I love the bullet. bullet the bullet is in this episode. Quite a bit. Well, hell, of course he's in this episode. He's the bullet, ain't he? Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, I love it. <clears throat> Someone's not the bullet, but Bobby's impression of the yeah, bullet. Bobby Bullet. Bobby Bullet. <laughs> I love it. Didn't you want Bobby? Didn't you no, want Sam to call it. you the bullet? It wasn't happening. Yeah, when uh, when I my first go around watching the OC, like I just loved pretty much everything about the bullet, even though he and I have very little in common. So I tried to get Sam for a short while. I was like, Hey Sam, would you like? Could you just call me the bullet from now on? She was like, No. So that idea got shot down <laughs> real quick, probably by another bullet. Um, so the bullet name got shot down by another bullet, but yeah, I, I'm still, I still try every once in a while to get her to call me bullet, but it, I've been unsuccessful so far. So maybe some of you listeners out there could, could help me with that one and convince Sam on why it's a good idea. Petition. I think it's just funny for you just to do bang instead. Bang. Like we don't have to call you the bullet. We could just say bang. Maybe every time I enter a room, I'll just scream out bang, bang. super loud. <laughs> there you go. Mm. Yeah. All right, yeah. so Sam's this not week... Into it. <laughs> not so much. No. All right, this week we're discussing season four, episode 12, The Groundhog Day. Original air date, January 25th, 2007, written by Mark Fish and directed by Ian Toyton. As the Coens prepare for Kirsten's 40th birthday party, Kirsten gets some news that will change the Coens' life forever. Meanwhile, Ryan acts as if he doesn't miss Taylor and she visits a therapist who gives her some rules to live by. Che finally figures out who his soulmate is. God. Oh, the whole Che is so stuff. over him. Oh my God. I'm so, so thank you. I am with him. so over it. No. And you're not even watching week to week. Oh, but doesn't you see him once. You're like, oh yeah, I remember. Over Che. Before we get into the episode, we have the ice cream scoop of the week, as always, provided by our friend Mike, who pairs a flavor of ice cream with the episode. And this week, he says, your ice cream correspondent here with the scoop of the week. <laughs> this week, it is Ben and Jerry's Chocolate Therapy, which is chocolate ice cream with chocolate cookies and swirls of chocolate pudding. Yum. Pudding? Yeah. Pudding ice cream. Besides the obvious comparison of name to the two lovely guests, as well, Taylor going to therapy, I also picked this because sometimes chocolate can be bitter or sweet. Sidebar. Did anyone else as a kid go into the fridge and eat one of those nasty baker squares that their mom had in the fridge thinking it was chocolate only to realize it was unsweetened chocolate? Yes. Oh, that's so funny. Uh, it's a bittersweet is a theme and this is very prominent in this episode. Che and Seth get arrested and then Che ends up finding his soulmate. As for Seth, in Sandy's eyes, he was arrested for a great cause. Julie ends things with Frank, but we see she does this for Caitlin because her and the bullet really get along and that makes her happy. 
seeing her daughter happy. Yeah, but that, that's not a reason. To no. Kirsten is not feeling like herself and is celebrating her 40th, which could be depressing and stressful for some, but then she gets that news that she's pregnant. Yeah. But thank you, Mike. He said that he struggled this week picking the flavor because he really wanted it to be good for Sam and Bobby. Oh, he wanted to impress. Much appreciated. Aww. Much obliged. He you did a great job. Yeah. I know. He does such a great job every so week. Good. I love it. Yes. Yeah. We love it too. Thank you, Mike. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Two thumbs up. Two very enthusiastic Two very thumbs up. Yeah. Fine, Fine holiday fun. Oh, that was it, yeah. <laughs> but really, it is that good, though. Very good Listen job. to our episode <laughs> that we did with Tom and Simon on the Mighty 90s podcast where we discuss Clueless. <laughs> plug, 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 plug. Plug. No one got that about the two thumbs up. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> let's get into this episode. The episode opens. We have Of Montreal playing, which I love Of Montreal. Fun fact, I fainted at one of their concerts and woke up in the bouncer's arm <laughs> and then asked for a hot dog bun. Yeah, this was actually <laughs> two, uh, a couple of months into Aunt and I dating and he had no idea that I faint sometimes. Right. That's like your thing. That's my thing. Yeah. Uh, but Taylor gets a call from Caitlin. She's making up excuses about where she is and what she's doing. Caitlin tells Taylor that Kirsten's birthday is happening and that she's turning 40. Turns out, though, that Taylor has been loitering for seven hours in the mall with binoculars and gets stopped by a guard because she's spying on Ryan. Gotta be, mm-hmm. like, more sleek about that. Yeah. Back at home, Julie is short on cash. She's making dinner. They're having frozen meals. Caitlin is there asking her what they're having for dinner. And Julie gets a call as she's sneaking around and she whispers, I miss you, too. Mm-hmm. In the background, we hear Che chanting. Ugh. Yeah, she's like, yeah, my summer's f- weird friend is in the background. I'm yeah. like, why is he still why here? Why is he still here? Why exactly. is he still here? Can, right. So, so that I just want to chime in for a minute. So that that part where Che was like doing his like weird like you know chants or or whatever it was that spiritual chant. As I was watching that, I don't know if anybody else agrees or not, but when he was going that like, it reminded me of the opening of the Frankie Says Relax um, song or whatever. It's like, and then it's like, relax, don't do it. But that opening part, it's like, Che sounded like the opening of the Frankie Says Relax song. No, it's so synthesized. We'll have to enter the clip here. All right, Sorry, Michelle. Whatever. That's so. what came to my mind. Check it out. If you disagree, that's cool. I'm probably wrong, but that's just probably. what came to my mind. So I, I made a note. He to shouldn't share have that. that like notion in his head about relaxing, but I don't get that mm. vibe. Yeah. I, I made a note. Okay. Laughing at Che. Yes. <laughs> well, but that was pretty comical. Right. Um, because upstairs we hear Che chanting because he's holding a ceremony in Summer's room. Summer questions him on it and he's trying to figure out the complicated dream about his soulmate. Summer tells him to just spend time with the person if you think that person is your soulmate. So Che decides he's planning a black ops mission to rescue Newport's very own groundhog, Chuck, <laughs> which Summer says keep me out of it. How did, as, as the seasons go along and everything and I learn more and more about Che, I, I wonder how did he ever get into an Ivy League school like Brown <laughs> University? He seems like, no offense to like Berkeley or something like that, but he sounds like more of a Berkeley man with these like radical you know, environmental type things. How did he ever end up at like an old school, you know, Ivy League like Brown? He just doesn't seem like the type that would go to Brown. Maybe so. it's the family money. Right. Like, old money. You could argue the same for Summer, but she had her like, you know, glow up. Suppose that's suppose that's true. And, and I also just like, Che, like, 
I mean, I don't smoke, I don't do drugs, but like, Jay, where do you get your weed from? These dreams yeah, are he's just still out some of good this shit. world, man. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, you're putting some moon Peyote. rocks in your weed, buddy. Yeah. Uh, at the Coens, Sandy and the boys are heading out to the movies. They're trying to convince Kirsten to join, but she just wants some quiet time for herself. They all think she doesn't want to come because she's turning 40 and she's taking it hard. But we see her call the doctor because she hasn't been feeling well and it's urgent. So mm. all of this happened before the intro. Yeah. Which we yeah. set up everybody's little storyline. The story intro line. was pretty far. It's a cold open. Yeah. It's a long it's one. It's a long one. Yeah. So the next morning, we see Seth sleeping and he wakes up to Che staring over him because Che took Summer's advice on spending time with someone that is your soulmate. Right. Which is funny to me that Che and Summer are getting close and wouldn't you think summer will be like oh who who are you into like do i know them who could it be since you've been living in my house <laughs> i think summer takes che with a grain of salt yeah like yeah. oh you do you okay wrote him off right and so che asked seth how he feels about saving animals so they head to town hall and they see newport chuck and che fills <laughs> seth in what he wants to do and at first seth is hesitant but after a tiny guilt trip he agrees because uh, Seth helped him cure his inner sad animus and feels that he has a bond. And Che has a plan to save Chuck. So they decide they're going to do this all at night. We see Che and Seth in a van going over the plan. They talk about the tour of the town hall, which Seth was always very interested in going on. He's like, how was it? I've always wanted to do that. They also talk about the logistics. Like if Seth doesn't feel comfortable about dropping from the ceiling... It's okay because Che has a papoose for Seth. Yes, a papoose. <laughs> I found this funny. I did find this. Yeah, I mean, this guy can't mm. find his way out of a paper bag, but he has very intricate <laughs> ways of getting in and out but of buildings. just picture Che dropping and Seth in a papoose. But then they decide, let's get pre-op snow cones. Oh. Yeah. Standard. I love a good snow cone. Absolutely. Standard. Yeah. So Che and Seth, they break in. Seth takes the elevator, but Che drops in Mission Impossible style <laughs> because obviously... They grab Chuck and they hear something, so they run upstairs to the roof, only to discover that the door is locked. So they spend the night on the roof. Seth wakes up to a meditating Che and tells Seth that this is the second night they've spent together and if it means anything to him. (laughs) And Seth is like, uh, no. A guard ends up coming out and finding them. So the boys end up getting arrested and Che calls Summer to tell her that she has to finish the mission of saving Chuck. She knows he's right, so she pretends to be a reporter for Groundhog Day Weekly, and she's interviewing uh, the the person who's running it at the festival, which Newport has a whole festival for Mom, Groundhog or just Day. For Groundhog, yeah, right. right. And she's trying to find out information of who exactly is on stage when Chuck is brought out, and she sees a few people to be dressed up as giant groundhogs. Fabulous. Yeah. Could, could I just stop for one second yeah. as well? Like, so Che put the piece of tape in front of the door to to hold it open and everything like that. And, you know, he's like, oh, I left the rope inside and the, the tape broke. But if you go back and you watch that episode, on both of their backpacks, there's rope sticking out of there. There wouldn't be a story if they went by the like, rules and logic, Bob. There Come is on. rope, a, a decent amount of rope sticking out of both of their backpacks. Like, I don't get that. You ran out of rope? Stop smoking. Stop smoking your tree and check your backpack, buddy. Like, there's rope there. I'm looking right at it. I wonder if Jay is one of those straight edge people. Do you think he smokes? Do you know how he could be one of those like really just? I don't know, oh. actually. 
But he's also like an herbalist. He's like one with the earth and wanting totally. to and wanting to absorb the earth and right. But that doesn't mean he's smoking the earth. I mean, I I could see him smoking. <laughs> I could uh, see it too. I could totally see it. But either way, like, all right. So if you're not smoking, then just like stop huffing in all your incense and everything like that, and uh, you know, check your backpack because I could see ropes. And you had rope. It. That's the bottom line. You had rope. Yeah. So then we see that someone's dressed as a groundhog, grabbed Newport Chalk, and ran off on the news and while Seth and Che are waiting to be bailed out. Che tries to come clean at this point to tell Seth about his animus and who he's in love with. And as he's saying this, a groundhog walks in. (laughs) A human dressed as a groundhog, so that could be confusing. And instantly Che is in love. And then he realizes that, in fact, he was not in love with an otter, but he was in (laughs) love with a groundhog. She's so cute, this girl. She's really cute. cute. And so they instantly connect through the bars. Sandy comes to get the boys out, but Che decides to stay. Yeah, he's going to stay. I don't even know. Can you even do that? It's like, right? You have to go, buddy. Like, we're not holding you here. So when Seth was preoccupied with Che, Ryan was dealing with Taylor. Taylor, or lack thereof, Taylor. (laughs) Taylor. Taylor. So Sandy is trying to be there for Ryan, asking how he's doing all throughout this episode. Ryan claims that he's doing just fine, but he wants to talk to Taylor, and he keeps looking at the scrapbook that she yeah, made him. Yeah, sweet. It's really sweet, because at first he's like, ooh, I didn't need this. This is weird, but right. he actually loves it and keeps it under the bed. Yeah, I like this this side of Ryan, the uh, the missing. Right? He's longing for something. And he also kept... And after Marissa, oh, that's, that's kind of what I was going to say, because it's funny he kept it under his bed, and I mean, people you know, keep things under their bed. But I find it funny that after Marissa died, he kept that box of all of her possessions underneath his bed the same way that he kept mm. the uh, the scrapbook thingy from, from Taylor under his bed. So I don't know. I just found that interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he didn't want people to see it, but yet right. it's sentimental to him. So he keeps yeah. it under his bed. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> uh, throughout this whole episode as well, Sandy is trying to get this special present for Kirsten. And yeah. so we keep seeing him make phone calls and talk about this big surprise meanwhile taylor decides to go to therapy with dr james who tells her that she isn't crazy she's mature for realizing her actions and that dr james knows she can help taylor but her methods are quite aggressive do you know who dr james is oh my god (laughs) i'm like joanna you've really moved up in the world she looks exactly the same she really did she did not age we're saying that she played joanna on friends Friends. yes love it yeah yeah that always had the mascara goop (laughs) Her eye, and it's just there. I always think about that. Oh, Ever yeah. since that episode, I'm paranoid about Me the too. mascara. Oh. <laughs> I'm always doing, especially now in the Same. COVID world. I'm like, oh. yeah, right. I'm trying not yeah. to touch your eyes. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so Taylor goes home, goes through all her memories and mementos of Ryan with Summer. She finds a saved toothpick and a valet oh tape. Which God. Sam, this is something you have done. <laughs> I don't have toothpicks. You any. have she saved have gum. Just she saved brushes. gum. <laughs> Yes, you did say we were like in the eighth grade though, to be fair. You could have said fifth. Nope. Like, nobody had it out. I think it was seventh. Yeah, know. sure. Twelve, thirteen. The normal age. But part, the thing is, logic and reasoning part Taylor is nineteen here, so maybe right. not be saving the two. She's also taking advice from a therapist who's as crazy as she is. I mean, like, let's be real. Like she, of course she doesn't think she's crazy. She's like aligning with her. Mm. Yeah. Bobby's so, like sitting here waiting. I'm like summer- surprised you're not speaking. <laughs> Well, we have a lot oh, wait, of questions oh, in the oh, second half right. about right, how you guys would have deal- dealt yeah. with Taylor <clears throat> and what you think of Dr. James. So <laughs> They both would have been in therapy. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. <clears throat> but Summer tells Taylor, you know, 
listen, if you like Ryan and he likes you, why can't you guys just work it out together? But Taylor feels she has no other choice and she needs to do this healing. I understand. I do too. She loves to be in love regardless of, you know, how that person treats her or her emotional state. And so she just wants to like find a way to deal with that and like not jump for the next person that says I love you. She'll find love in almost anything. Yes, exactly. And she wants to be able to stand on her own and be strong on her own. Right. Which is very important. It is. So part of this method with this therapist is she drives Taylor to Ryan's house and says that she is the emotional crisis manager. I'm sorry. Is this something that people do? What is happening? Absolutely (laughs) fucking not. 200%. No. no. I wrote that in my notes. I'm like, do therapists go to events with their clients? And especially especially (laughs) as a a domestic case. I mean, obviously, within the context, you know that they're not having some kind of violent history, but you don't know why she's trying to avoid or get over this guy and you show up at his house. (laughs) I I mean, the whole thing. I think she knows because she must have told her. We just didn't see that part. Oh, so she consciously just decided not to give a fuck. Right. I got it. <laughs> like, cool. Good job, therapist. Mis- withhold a lot of information. I don't know. I mean, I've definitely have given, I've had things that I've given to my own therapist because it's like, this is not, but this is completely Is it the gum? No, no, no. Just like <laughs> different like boards and things that are just like, okay, this is counterproductive to what you're trying to accomplish. But he wouldn't be like, hey, I'm going to drive this to the person's, it's not even about a person, but I, w- I wouldn't drive this to the garbage for you. Like that's to it's well, the thing crazy. that gets me is Dr. James actually delivers delivers the, the box. box of stuff to Ryan. And she's like, do you know who I am? I'm Dr. James. Right. And so Taylor. Like he's supposed to know who she is. Exactly. I know. And Ryan so Taylor is in the car hiding, trying to, you know, be sure that she's not seen. So Ryan notices her, runs out, tries to talk to her. And we have this whole classic scene of he's trying to talk to Taylor. And then she's whispering like, hey, can you please tell him? And he's right there and he's like, I can hear you. And the therapist is like, no, this has to be done. And so Taylor says, goodbye, Ryan. And they drive off. Yes. So, yeah. Uh, Later on at the ground dog, ground hog, ground dog. I keep saying ground dog. (laughs) It's hard to say ground hog. I know. Day. Not Groundhog's Day, right? Groundhog Day. Oh, Groundhog's Day, right? It's, it's easier day. to say Grand Grand Hog's Day, even though it's right. We'll just blame it on the New York accent. It's there you good. go. Later on at the festival, Taylor is there talking with Doctor James, and she sees Sandy and Ran- Ryan in the background. Randy, Randy. I was Randall. I was making a ship, making a ship for Sandy, <laughs> and, Sandy and Ryan. Ryan. Love it. But we see them in the background, and Doctor James takes a call. And so Taylor sees people dressed up like the groundhogs. And so Taylor gets in one of the suits and she spies. I know. Like Eugene. I know. Eugene from Hey Arnold. Or like Michael Myers just standing behind a tree stalking. Yeah. (laughs) She's spying on Sandy and Ryan. Sandy ends up getting a call. He gets up. But before he does this, he's asking Ryan, you know, what's going on with you of and Taylor? Of course, the prompt, he's prompting, prompting him right sure. there. And so Taylor's getting closer so she can hear what happens. Sandy gets his phone call. He gets up. And she's getting closer to Ryan and closer to Ryan in this groundhog costume. Gosh. And he notices, like, something's approaching him. And then she falls and trips and the head falls <laughs> off. And he's like, what are you doing? Like, and she Taylor. runs off. I know it's you. It's just the back of her head. He's like, Taylor. I know. And Ryan is left confused, which he's always confused. Always. 
Uh, we mentioned how Kirsten's birthday is happening. She made an appointment with the doctor because she's been feeling weak and having nausea, and the doctor suggests they run some tests. So the day of her birthday comes, Sandy greets her in the morning, saying that soon they'll be on their own and the boys will be out of the house, which is like, ooh, yeah. so awkward. <laughs> uh, but Ryan comes in that morning, and he's so cheerful, which I love. He gives Kirsten a big hug. Yeah, happy yeah. birthday. It's so sweet. Love him. But she's completely distracted. She gets a call, and the doctor ends up wanting to see her in person. To tell her news. I, th- yeah. I always feel like on shows, like, when you go to the OBG, the first thing they do is take your urine. Right. Not me. <laughs> well, yeah, you have this like, You're like the only person in the world, you know, that a la carte service with your OBG. But <laughs> outside of you, everybody gets urine right. tested. And obviously, a blood test is a lot more accurate with hormones. But you can test urine. Why does nobody do that? Like you're in Newport, you guys have well, maybe they think accessible. that she's not pregnant, right? Because this is just her like MD, right? It's not a, I don't OB. Know. Right, I because it's why, MD. why would she go there? Not right. right. I, you know, I, I guess because I went in knowing, like, I yeah. Got well, yeah, right, exactly. right, right. Okay. I think it is her MD. Okay, uh, but she <laughs> <laughs> she's so completely distracted by all of this. She does get a phone call from Julie, which Julie's rambling about her own shit, and she cuts Julie off. Yeah, Love I it. can't Finally. deal. Gotta go. Can't deal with you. Sandy calls her asking if she can meet him at the yacht club, and then there's a limo there to pick her up. So she needs to snap out of it and get into birthday mode. So we get to the yacht club, and the boys are talking about the Groundhog Day fiasco and how Sandy is actually probably super proud of Seth for being arrested. For political activism. Right. Love that. Kirsten arrives and Sandy comes driving around the corner in a mail truck, honking Very away. Sweet. I did get a little so romantic. cute. Choke. So cute. Love but like him. but like real quick, so when Sandy was saying he was like living in the back of a mail truck like we used to, it's like I you know, I know that Sandy's like a you know, a, a poor a, you know, a poor, you know, kid from the Bronx that came out to Cali, but like you know, as for Kirsten, it's like your dad is Caleb Nickel. You were living in the back of a mail truck. He let that. No, that's happen? like how their relationship. Like that's where they. That's what they used to do it. Oh, I thought they like were literally <laughs> homeless, living in the back of a mail truck. I was like, that's Caleb. No, I Nickel. think they used like, to just like on. sneak away there to like Bounce do things. Away. And it was Berkeley Got memories. It. Yeah, you know, like all started in college. True, yeah. true. So sweet though, Sandy, just I killing know. it, crushing yeah. it. Yeah. Really yep. sweet. He then gives Kirsten round trip tickets for around the world. Like, what? Crazy. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a birthday. The boys are going to be away. And Kirsten's like, hey, I have to tell you something. <laughs> they go in private to talk. And she tells him how she's only sick in the morning. He's like, I'm not following. <laughs> and that we're pregnant. And Aww. Sandy's like, wait, what? One more time? Sandy, we're having a baby. So Aww. Hey, you newbies, did you predict this? To come? Yeah, I right. <laughs> right. Uh, last but not least, we have Julie, Caitlin, and the bullet. Bang. Bye. He's back. Julie is sneaking around talking to a mysterious man, which at the time we don't know who it is. I mean, I, you can assume who right. it is. Right. But we don't know at the this way they time. Things, right. TBD. Caitlin, turns out, has been emailing the bullet with the Lukes. Oh, Caitlin. The Lukes. Acting as Julie, and they've been doing this for a month. Did I think it's funny how, like, the mo- <laughs> how the mom and... 
how the mom julie and caitlin are doing the same like they're both sneaking around they're the misleading. same like, the same mother, like, it's a, such a parallel story and yet they're mad at each other because it's like you can't we because see this the all the time like right. when they were in the club and they were both like i'll give up men if you give up breaking the rules or whatever they fucking catch each other doing this very same thing that they promised and they're both very like vindictive and they're both very cunning and smart and influential mm-hmm. they are literally the same the fucking same, person well like mother like they really are and, they, real, and they always said marissa's more like jimmy yes yeah. true story Julie is stressed about money because she's not with Kirsten anymore and the job. Well, yeah. Right. So she's trying to find things in the house to sell. Caitlin doesn't get it because her boyfriend's a millionaire and Julie brushes that off and tells her that she's not seeing anybody else. Well, Julie gets a bouquet delivered to the house and Caitlin receives it. Doesn't even bring it in the house and throws it in the garbage. And so now she knows that her mom is lying and that there is actually another guy in the picture. The bullet and Caitlin talk on the phone about how he's so excited to see Julie because their emails have been so good. Spicy. Yeah, his butt comment. I know. <laughs> uh-huh. He tells Caitlin that he's going to propose to Julie and ask what kind of ring she would like. It's an emerald cut. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, so soon. <laughs> yeah. So soon. Pump the brake. I mean, the proposal's on this show. like the fourth engagement for Julie on I this know. Show. I know. It's too much. So they go ring shopping. Caitlin bumps into Ryan at the pier and she's trying to hide from them and Bullet buys the most expensive ring in the store because obviously. Bullet bought it. (laughs) Right? It has to be the most expensive. He bought it. He's going to propose with a Persian love song that he learned that someone suggested to him on the plane back from Dubai. I can't imagine him singing this Persian love song. He's going to play it. Oh, okay. And get down on one knee. Right. (laughs) And with a chocolate phone, nonetheless. Like, yeah, you guys remember those the chocolate. shittiest phones oh, yeah. ever? Yeah, those were awful. Oh my God, what a throwback. Oh my God, I thought you literally meant he had a, a chocolate phone. Chocolate. I, was like, I did not remember that in the episode. Like a piece of chocolate. This man has more money in the world. Why would he break a chocolate into a phone? Okay. So Caitlin calls Julie and tells her that her appendix burst. And Julie flips out, rushes home, and finds the house with flowers everywhere. She sees that Caitlin is fine, and then Bullet drops to one knee and proposes Caitlin, with the song like, playing. Fine. With the song playing in the background, Bullet's like, "Hit it!" And I was like, "Oh she my god!" Just said like a pipe burst. Come home. Really? I know my appendix are rupturing. <laughs> right. So Julie's so surprised. She then comes clean that she wasn't the one sending the emails because Bullet's asking her, "Well, what about our conversations yeah. we've been having?" And it was actually Caitlin. And so her and Caitlin discuss this. Julie's pretty annoyed with this. And Caitlin doesn't get it because he has money. He loves her. But most of all, he'd make an amazing stepdad. Which is like, I get what you're saying, Caitlin. However. So much. It's so much more complicated than that. way complicated. Yeah. So at Kirsten's party, Caitlin comes clean to Bullet about the emails, which he takes it like a champ. Yeah, he's like, whatever. It's kind of creepy. Right. But whatever. We're good. Julie enters the party and sees how Caitlin and the Bullet are interacting, and she tells him that the answer is no, but she's willing to get to know him, and if she could learn to love him, then she would be proud to be his wife, and then they all have a group hug. This is not like some Beauty and the Beast. I was scenario. literally thinking that's Beauty. If I'm I can learn, learn to, to love, love you, you, literally in my head, I'm like thinking <laughs> Belle in the castle. Even though like Belle didn't set up like learning, she like didn't know going in. I have to right. learn to love. Him. Right. <laughs> and she even says like, "I like you." Like it's I, yeah, just... like I can see that you're 
maybe a good guy. Sorry, Bobby. I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of the bullet. No, me neither. I mean, this is this is progress for Julie though, because she's very impulse driven. She's very immediate gratification driven. So for her to, and she would, you know, normal Julie would never give the bullet, you know, a second. Well, actually, she might for the well, money, the money for, yeah. the, for the money standpoint. But like Julie's actually looking at it beyond that superficial, materialistic standpoint. She's actually like kind of pumping the brakes a little bit and taking an opportunity to like evaluate: would this be a realistic, good fit for something outside of like the money you could provide me? So I give her credit for kind of pumping her own brakes. There. Yeah, totally. I get that. Yeah. Outside of the party, Kirsten tells Seth and Ryan about the baby. Yeah. And they're shocked, but they leave to go pick up the girls for the party. So Seth enters Summer's room. Summer gives the groundhog to Che and his his groundhog. Groundhog. Do they ever give her a name? No. No, right? Groundhog. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. She apologizes for getting them arrest- her arrested, but the girl is fine with it because she met Che, and now they can go off and be together. Aww. And go off into the sunset, Shay. Bye, bitch. Right. Bye. <laughs> oh, the door hit you in the ass. Girl, the <laughs> we then have Ryan. He calls Taylor from outside her room on the phone. He's heavy breathing. This like is really funny. He's yeah. acting like a stalker, pretending to be the creepy guy. And Taylor finds it the most romantic thing ever. It is. Hell yeah. It's really cute. <laughs> Taylor's got some kinky erotomatic shit going she on sure there. Does. She's like, ooh, I hope he ties me up and spanked <laughs> me before he kills me. It'd be so hot. Like, wow. Sam's face. Wow. She's got, she's got some weird erotomatic <laughs> shit going on there. She's an insecure attack. Okay. We'll, we'll get into that. it was a really cute scene and like you said I'll have to take lessons from you or something it was funny yeah but yeah. they head to the party and they make jokes he's like I'll let you follow me and she's yeah. like and right. when we get to that the party it. it was cute it was, I don't, cute. It was yeah. cute for them yeah yeah the episode ends with Julie looking at everyone at the party she sees Caitlin happily dancing with Bullet Summer's dancing with Seth Sandy's dancing with Kirsten. Love it. Ryan's dancing with Taylor. And then she calls the mystery man to tell him that she's back with the bullet and this is what's best for her family. Love it. The man on the other line is Frank. Shocker. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that he was going to propose because we see him close yeah, a, he's ring box. a ring box. Suck it, Frank. I mean, Julie was going to be proposed to by two men, by two men in, in, one, in episode. one episode. Like, what? How long was she with Frank? Uh, it's hard to month, know, honestly. Right. So again, either way, it would have been really. I don't even think impulsive. a month. I think right. I think. Well, I'm assuming they like have week? been like talking. Right. Yes, they have. Been. So either decision would not have been made under good judgment. Right. Yeah. No. None. None of her proposals have been. So we're gonna take a short break, and then we'll be back with all of your questions and Yay. comments. Hi, I'm Sunny Hepburn, and I'm Brandy Fleeks. And this is Book of Lies, the podcast, where we discuss liars, cheats, and thieves, scammers, and dirty, rotten scoundrels. So tune in for new episodes every Tuesday to hear about another low-down, dirty liar. And learn how to spot them. So that's Book of Lies podcast. Find us on your favorite podcast player or on Twitter at Book of Lies pod, on Instagram at Book of Lies podcast, and on Facebook at Book of Lies Podcast. And if you want to send us an email, send us one at Book of Lies Podcast at gmail.com. Okay? Bye bye. Welcome back from break. We're going to go into our 
trivia. Up first with our trivia correspondent, our queen, Letitia underscore Dominique. Tish. Guys, what the hell, guys? I was trying to find a quote. I didn't know where to it. Unbelievable. You guys never been here. Never again. Okay. You have to do the TTTs. <laughs> the TTTs. One more time, all together. That's why you don't ask. Sorry, headphone users. All right. Tish says Kirsten's birthday is February 2nd, 1967. Oh, my God. She's a baby. Julie's email address is julie5602 at pagespersonal.com. 5602. Mm-hmm. Whose hmm. birthday? Bullet's email hey. is bullet007 at pagespersonal.com. Pagespersonal. It would be 007. <laughs> this episode has a rating of 7.5 on IMDb and a 9.3 on TV.com. That's high. Wow. Yeah. For this episode, that's high. Yeah. <laughs> With six votes, Ryan is TV.com's MVP. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tish says that she totally forgot about Caitlin catfishing Bullet. The first time she watched this episode, she screamed when she saw Frank with the ring. She doesn't understand the point of Taylor showing up to the house with the therapist. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) What's with these men proposing to Julie? And she also finds it funny how Daryl keeps popping up. Daryl was in the jail cell with Che and Seth. Oh, the homeless guy. Yeah. Oh. I literally thought you meant Daryl <laughs> from awesome. the office. And I was like, wait, when? <laughs> I love that he's like a low-key recurring character. Yeah. So this question, which Alicia, Vic, Mike also wanted a similar perspective for you and Bobby, Sam. Mm-hmm. How do you both feel about the space that Taylor and Ryan took? As therapists, do you approve of the therapy that Dr. James offered to Taylor? <laughs> and how would you, well, what advice would you give to her? And then tell Sam's us about Doctor James's uh, practices. Okay, so in theory, great in practice, horrible, right? So with any relationship, especially if you're trying to sort out your feelings, I would say take some time, take some space, but be constructive with it. And if you're taking space, I wouldn't be driving around in my therapist's Corvette or well, I would whatever it was. Yeah. Um, sorry, Bob. I know you're like, that's not what it was. It's probably a sob, honestly. Probably. So I wouldn't, that's not taking space, right? That's kind of a mixed message to your client. It's like, take space, but then let's show up at his house Mm. and return all of his possessions that you have. It's very confusing to the client. She kept of him. Right. Like the two things. So I might even like what he has given to her. Right. Which... I, I yeah so all, I feel like you should she should just burned it right you know like don't return not don't return to sender that's weird um I would have used the therapy to explore like why she keeps needing to have this she obviously has an insecure attachment so I would explore that and see if she has any insight into that Bobby why are you tapping yourself we discussed this all the way over we both agree she has an insecure attachment style and that's why she what go on <gasps> okay why I feel like you're Go on. Um, (laughs) I would explore that with her and try to have her gain some insight into what is having her make the decision she is in relationships and why they're resulting the way that they are. Um, Do you think it stems from her dad not being there? Yes, 100%. Dad's out of the picture. Mom's narcissistic, so you're going to have a poor sense of self because you never validated and given unconditional positive regard as a child, blah, blah, blah. So having a therapist session one telling you hey i'm gonna drive you around and 
do really inappropriate and um, boundary crossing behaviors is just kind of reinforcing that message that you already received as a child. So I agree with the taking some space, but horrible delivery with how that got done. Mm. Bobby? Bob. So if you, if any of you should ever find yourself with, you know, needing therapy and you have a therapist, unless they are an absolutely world-renowned clinician in their specialty area, if a therapist does anything that Taylor's therapist did with her, run away because they are clearly (laughs) mentally unstable and ethically irresponsible. Because Taylor definitely is someone that has an insecure attachment style, which which in layman's terms, there's a few different types of attachment styles from the psychodynamic uh, perspective and psychoanalytic perspective. But essentially, it comes from having a parent that sends you mixed messages. I love you one minute. I hate you the next. You're so good. You can work on this constantly, you know, giving you sending you mixed messages and not really helping you develop a secure sense of self, but more than that, a secure sense of uh, a sense of security with the object, aka the parent. And even more so for Taylor, her mom was in and out of her life, literally, because her mom put her career first so between her mom inconsistently being there to support her emotionally and just be be a present figure in her life her mom sending her these mixed signals of like you're so good once in a while but then also like you know just just putting her down and critiquing her all the time it's going to develop an insecure attachment style not only with her mother but with herself um so great fucking job to her mom i'll always say that cause she's total <laughs> you narcissist hate her mom. Veronica. Veronica. so much veronica you suck you failed as a mother Jumping back with that being said of an insecure attachment style to then have a therapist break these boundaries with someone who has an insecure attachment style, you're probably going to damage her more because she's going to become so much more dependent upon you and cross the boundaries with you as she has with Taylor has with so many other people in her life. You're just going to perpetuate that. And as Sam said, in practice, taking time for yourself, in theory, taking time for yourself is good. But for her to tempt Taylor's addiction and by addiction, I mean to people and relationships and addiction to love that she never seems to actually fulfill to to then drive Taylor over to the object of her addiction, a.k.a. Ryan, and basically wave it in front of her face. Like, how is that not triggering? Like, mm-hmm. you're basically just, you it's know, flooding. Yeah, you're, you're, you're basically just, you know, tempting her. So I think that that was really stupid. So therapist, I would give you a D minus. Would not or, recommend. Would, would Yeah, 12 out of 10 would not recommend. <laughs> uh, really, yeah, really. I had, I guess, a different remembrance of this episode so i i remembered her going to therapy and with this therapist and i thought at the festival when she got the phone call right dr james i thought we were gonna see her go off and she was actually we were gonna get confirmation that she's crazy like she's nuts oh but i i remembered like we seeing her being like obsessive on the phone about someone right i don't know why i thought that was a thing yeah i don't know why i remembered that huh but Maybe they, there's a deleted scene or something. Maybe. I'd be so curious. Though. Yeah. But thank you, Tish. Thank you. Yeah, good question, Tish. Moving, <laughs> on. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to Vic at Muse Chick. So glad Sam and Bobby are back. Hey. Vic Hi. thinks it's funny how Ryan says he's not sitting around missing Taylor, and yet he looks at the book she gave him. It was really the perfect present. He had puppy eyes when he pleaded with her when she was in the car. I'm glad he he went to look for her. At the end. In yes, room. got yeah. it. Agreed. <laughs> uh, she felt so bad for Julie, she actually teared up at the end when she made the decision. Mm-hmm. For Sam and Bobby, I want to know your thoughts on Taylor and Ryan. You might not mm. like Taylor, but you have to agree what she does. She makes Ryan very happy. 
first question. <laughs> no, she you can't can, agree she that can't he makes think of the words. Ryan happy? You don't think Ryan's happy? No, I think he's happy. Um, I think. I feel frustrated for him. There's always these hurdles in his relationships, mm-hmm. yeah. which obviously just are somewhat um, precedent on the previous relationships because he doesn't really work through what had happened in the. They just they're like leapfrogs. They go all lily pads. It comes from one to the next. So I, I'm trying to think if like I never even knew Marissa and it was just always Taylor. I'm sure I would like her on an like an isolated lens. Oh, but I just see him with Marissa. Bobby, what about Taylor? Um, <laughs> I'm not nice. So yeah, when Ryan was saying he wasn't missing Taylor, the only thing I kept thinking is that song where it's like, I ain't missing John you Wade. at all. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Yeah, I just, I just think a, about that. It's a classic song. Um, I mean, I would personally say that in terms of making Ryan happy, Taylor couldn't shine Marissa's Jimmy Choo Shoes. Um, oh. little, little name drop there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Free ad. Um, yeah. So I think, I think she does make him happy, but I think that pitted against a few of the other ladies from previous seasons, Taylor doesn't make him as happy. Because like with Marissa, Ryan stopped at absolutely nothing. He was in love with her the very second he saw her. He stopped at absolutely nothing to protect her, to be around her, to get her. Where Taylor, you know, he was ambivalent about being with her. And then mm-hmm. when she told him to back off, he was like, all right. And he kind of But did. is that because of what happened in the past? So like, I don't know, right? Good if point. there was a clean slate, would he have been that way with her? Or was that genuinely just that connection between the two of them? Like, mm-hmm. that's what I was trying. Well, that's a good point yeah, figure I, out I, I feel like marissa and uh and ryan were were truly soulmates they had that connection they had that touch so i feel like yeah. taylor does make him happy but i feel like if she were pitted against you know some of the other ladies you know there are plenty Except of other people yeah <laughs> sure that there are other people that can make ryan happier i don't feel like she's the best fit for him but she'll she'll do she'll do for now okay wow. do you think if caitlin would have told bullet the truth would he still have proposed Hmm. Like straight up before he proposed. I think he probably still would have. I do too. Absolutely. Yeah. He's into it. Sam, really? You got to think a lot of that? <laughs> right, I get, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Probably. Because he just goes by his own. He flies yeah. by the seat of his pants. And just, I mean, mm-hmm. he said he was in love with her the first time he laid yeah. eyes on her. As yeah. most men are with Julie Cooper. Right. Of course. He's a smoke show. That's yes. lust, not live. <laughs> Thank nice. you, Vic. Moving on to our Ice Creams correspondent, Mike, at Dell underscore Vasto on Instagram. Caitlin calling Julie asking what it feels like when your appendix bursts is a bit similar to Julie's lie last episode to get Kirsten to talk uh, to yeah, her. sort of. Mm. Also, at the end where Julie breaks it off with Frank to give Bullet a chance because him and Caitlin get along so well is also a bit similar to Caitlin breaking up with Will last yes. week. Yeah. Very good similarities. Wow. Well done. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yep. Very similar, and this is what he was talking about last week, about them being like mother, like daughter, Yeah, yeah. essentially. Uh, he thinks it's funny that Daryl keeps making an appearance. Spoiler, he is not on the island. <laughs> we will see him again. Uh, question for Sam and Bobby. Would either of you advise someone like Che? What if someone came to see you and started talking about their spirit animal being a frog who belongs with an otter and his, best, <laughs> and his friend's boyfriend's spirit animal is the otter? Oh, man. Would you explore maybe are you into Seth or like are you into guys? Right. First, I'd have to do like a mental status exam to make sure like they're they're oriented to time and place and all that. So once that checked out and I ruled out like schizophrenia and psychotic creatures and all that business, um, 
yeah, like maybe their idea about soulmates is just presented differently. So I would explore what that like what that means to them, why they're picking certain animals. Because I know even with my own clients, I'll pick lyrics, I'll pick not myself, but they'll pick lyrics, they'll pick colors that they identify with, they'll pick characters. So why is a character in say like a comic book different from say a frog or an otter? Uh-huh, so I'd yeah. go that route with them. Um but always like rule out something else going on upstairs or <laughs> rule out medical. Like are they having really bad uh I don't even know what God, there's so many things that could be up with that. But yeah, no, I would I'd see um I'd explore it with them. Absolutely. What do you think your spirit animal is? Oh what my spirit animal is. Hmm. That's my question. Oh. I was like, I didn't remember. <laughs> I'm just curious. I meant to ask you this last week less. Spirit, spirit animal. I think mine is definitely a cat. For sure. Absolutely. For sure. Yeah. My, my Patronus was a wolf. My Patronus was a, oh, it, it almost looked like a ferret, but it wasn't a ferret. A measle? No. A weasel, I mean. A measle. <laughs> <laughs> Spirit animal. Sam, some, Sam's like a a vicious animal. I know. Really? I always, okay. <laughs> oh, <I'm> yeah. <laughs> we used to play racquetball. John used to call her vicious. I, I see Sam as sort of being an alpaca. What well, the fuck? They're not fast enough, I don't they're think. They're not. They, they're they actually pretty quick, and they run like hell when they feel threatened. Oh, really? Threatened. Yeah. They no, run... they hum when they feel threatened. I don't hum. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, you, but you'll like do things to calm yourself down. And, and yeah, self-soothing behaviors. We all do. Thank and you. They, they can run pretty quick, and they run when they feel threatened, just like you do. They hum when they're nervous. I don't hum. Well, no. All right, let's go to you. Things. What's your spirit okay. animal? Let me Probably your about. spirit animal. Um, My spirit animal, I'm, I'm truly... It's truly a combination of two spirit animals. Um, oh. One is uh, one is a golden retriever in an upper to middle um, class home with obviously. two kids. A lot of people associate me with a golden retriever. Yes, because uh, we're very friendly, rambunctious, love to be around people, big, strong, but also blonde. really stupid and dopey. <laughs> blonde. Uh, Your husband, Sam. Don't forget that one part. All, all American look. Stupid, big, dopey, loyal, and. Smart and you know whatever, but yeah, no golden retriever. But the other one that I also associate myself with is a timber rattlesnake, um, <laughs> a pygmy rattlesnake. I'm a dog in a snake. Uh, I'm a, a slithering snake. Snake with a dog's head. But but the Yikes. the the pygmy rattlesnake, the the timber rattlesnake, because they're I mean they're rattlesnakes, but they have very good temperament. Like you could fuck with them a lot, and they're not going to strike at you right away. They'll they're very calculated. Um, they, <laughs> they're just they planning see, on how they, to kill you. That's they, worse. That's well, no, they no, they seek to avoid conflict as do I. But if you corner them and you piss them off enough, they'll strike. And when they they don't strike often, when they do, there's a lot of venom that they release. And uh, they're they're pretty passive creatures, and they they like being in the mountains and stuff. And so do I. Mm. So I'm kind of those two things are kind of like you know anomalous. But um, anyway, yeah, those are my two spirit animals. Okay. I actually I will be quick, but I think Bobby used to say my spirit animal is Pikachu. Because the, the first episode... No uh, way, man. I don't see that. Hold on. The first episode, right? No. Ash is trying to play ball it. with him, and he's just like... Plur, plur. He doesn't want to play ball, and he's just like, I'm done with this. It's I'm bored. I'm, I'm done with this. Plur. And he's just dismissive of it. And he's, he can be really... Um, rea- he ultimately just wants to be like happy-go-lucky, but if you piss him off, he's going to get really angry, and you see like the lightning bolt, and like the cheeks turn red, and he gets very... Um, like he gets very into it. He's very, I don't know, Bobby 
I, I could see you being a Pikachu, Sam, because, you know, on the one hand, like Pikachu can be very friendly, loves adventures, right. you know, likes to be outside and active and running around. Yeah, exactly. But at the same time, you know, piss Pikachu off and he'll electrocute you to high hell just like you. And you don't you wouldn't see that coming from him. Yeah. 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 All right, so like you see it. I could see you being Pikachu. All right, yeah, I could dig it. All right. So <clears throat> thank you guys for answering yes. no <laughs> my question. Uh, thank you to Mike. Thanks, Mike. Moving over to Jess at Mrs. Boquist on Instagram. There's a goof. The ringtone bullet claimed as Persian is, in fact, Indian. <laughs> Maybe that oh. wasn't a goof. Maybe <laughs> he didn't know. She says, yay for baby Cohen. Otherwise, she felt this episode was a bit boring. Yes. I agree, actually. Yeah, I thought last week and this week were meh, meh. Yeah. Julie turned down Bullet's proposal, but do you think she would have turned down Frank's if she met up with him that night? Ooh. I feel yeah. that she would have, but she would have said it's just too soon. I can't say yes yet. Yeah. Agreed. You know? Agreed. Yeah. yeah. Plus, nobody knows that she's dating him. Right. I don't think she could hide a proposal as well as right. hiding a relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving over to Livia at Livia Cantadori Iglesias. She says, hi, girls. I'm a super fan from Brazil. Brazil. Wow. Your country is so beautiful. Every nice. day I go for my morning walk listening to you girls talk about the OC. The fir- the show first aired when I was in my senior year at high school, and it did shape me a lot back then. I went to law school, and then when I graduated, I became a public defender, and since then I've been working with vulnerable kids and people in need with legal help. Well done. Wow. She yes, goes, you're my idol girl. Oh, girl. She goes, Sandy Cohen, it's for you. Aww. Oh, I've goosebumps everywhere. And then she says, congratulations for really amazing work. The podcast is so, so good. Well done. Oh, my goodness. Thank, Thank you. you so much, Livia. She sent some comments for this episode. Episode 12 is actually one of her season four favorites. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Kirsten and Sandy are goals, and the mail truck surprise was so sweet. Yes. So sweet. She loves every little reference about their young college love story, and Kirsten telling Sandy she's pregnant, oh my God, such a super loving scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She also loves Seth and Ryan's oh my God reaction to the news. <laughs> it was funny, but sweet, and she really likes the scene of Julie watching Caitlin in the bullet and the other couples yeah. dancing. Mike and Vic also had this question for all of us did you suspect kirsten's pregnancy or were you like me afraid she was sick i almost died with fear when i watched this episode back into i feel like they couldn't have given her some illness four episodes left of the season of the series you know like how could you unless they really were gonna turn it i didn't think she was pregnant i I did think she was i I don't remember my first reaction i just knew watching it second time around that she gets pregnant so yeah yeah especially because the doctor too is like have you had any alcohol and she's like not a drop so i'm like okay that rules out a lot of alcohol related mm. well yeah illness stuff so and then she's like oh i'm nauseous and i'm like oh you're 40 oh that's like perfect time for like this oops baby uh-huh. so not oops <laughs> that's not the right i hate putting well, it that way but you know people surprise. don't typically right. plan to have baby well, well 10 years ago they didn't so i right, exactly thought that oh yeah this is probably it because she also mentioned the kids are going to be out of the house so it i kind of felt i don't know yeah and, and her and sandy are in a super healthy relationship i mean you know they're going heels to jesus at least you know once a week or once a month why do you like, say come on that? Now. well now they are i mean maybe season three they weren't but right <laughs> true it was a dry spell but yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Livia. Da, da, da. And thank you for your kind words. Yes, thank you. Oh, Livia, not Bobby. 
<laughs> Lexi at Lexi Silverberg blogs says this is the only episode that she has not rewatched on HBO Max. Che isn't for her, so she usually skips around the first couple of episodes of season four. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. there's so many good little scenes in here that I was missing. And number one has to be Julie truly smiling and being selfless for her daughter when Kayla yep. and Bullet are yes. dancing. Selfless. Absolutely selfless. But is it the best decision? No. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, we see a redemption full circle. Ryan throws a season one nostalgia moment with his facial expression. Mm. When Sandy gives the gift to Kirsten, he does this smile thing with his mouth that he's only ever did when talking to Marissa. Whoa. Wow. Someone's obsessed. When they were at the model home in season one, and she says, it's hard to believe you're not more popular. It's so cute. And she sent a screenshot. Oh, I can't wait to see this. It's really cute. Thank you, Lexi. Yum. That's awesome. (laughs) Yum. Yummy is right. Oh, God, he's so yummy. So yummy. Uh, Alicia at AAW3115. Here we see another instance where the female OC characters are in therapy. Yeah. Now, Mm -hmm. all of the teenage female leads have gone at some point in the show, and Kirsten and Rehab, just an interesting observation. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I will I will say though that that the percentage at least in my experience I won't say overall but in my experience the majority of people that seek therapy are females um which we talked true. about we did. Yeah. yeah 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 uh she says she has to say the Ryan puppy dog face when Taylor was in the car with the therapist dropping off the box was a major thirst level high. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Quite parched, if you say so myself. Doesn't know how Taylor could resist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you were Ryan or if you knew of someone who was in a relationship with someone like Taylor, would you find her actions cute or to be creepy? She thinks it's borderline. Jillian also asked this question at Jillian Loves Beyonce. She said she'd be terrified if she was Ryan. Yeah, it's so hard because you know she's not really like threatening. Right. But also, yeah, she's she's really intense. She is intense. She's intense. Especially Ryan, who is the least intense person, never really goes for someone who, I mean, I guess they say like opposites attract, but I just don't picture him with someone who is so intense, even though I do like them together. But you couldn't, it, I don't think it works when there's two intense people. No, it doesn't. Not well, anyway. <laughs> Ooh, I, he's oh, just no, staring that, no, at his that, wife oh, across no. the Oh, room. no. No, I didn't. I wasn't meaning to. No, I wasn't meaning to. But, I mean, yeah, she she definitely has features of the borderline personality, for sure. What? Taylor does. Definitely has features of the borderline personality. <laughs> um, I don't know. I feel like a lot of people, She, you know, you're right, Liz, she's... She she isn't you know scary like you know I'm gonna I'm gonna put you in a in a hole in right my basement she's not or she's whatever. not like that like s- real yeah stalker she's intense <laughs> but, and overwhelming yeah yeah she's just she's just really intense and and sometimes people might say yeah like she hasn't you know stalked me and like you know tried to kill me yet but so, so that might scare some people off but I think more than anything a lot of people just get annoyed and be like girl I need some space right, right. like she has annoying. no boundaries mm-hmm. really so None. that would be very frustrating for yes someone. no boundaries you need to learn boundaries right yes. But I feel like part of the reason that relationship works is because with with someone of the borderline personality, which maybe she doesn't meet full diagnostic, she absolutely does not. She doesn't meet full diagnostic criteria, which certainly hits off a few of the markers. 
they the borderline personality usually seek someone that that is a bit more passive and a bit more easygoing because they met someone like themselves it's like you know putting gasoline with fire it's just not gonna go Mm -hmm. well so typically they seek somebody like ryan maybe not exactly Mm -hmm. like ryan they usually want someone that's more like codependent and easier going uh but you know ryan will ryan will do basically because she's not a full borderline he's not a full version of what there they would be seeking anyway so yeah that's probably why it kind of works yeah Mm -hmm. so Liz and i every week we've been talking about seth and summer's storyline and how we're not loving it we're a little bored but then again we don't know what we want from them yeah so alicia is curious to know how sam and bobby feel about seth and summer's storyline this season yeah like from not overall this season I feel like it's it's diff. Obviously, it's different from the first three seasons because she's mm. off doing her own thing. She's really sh- kind of mm, solidifying her identity and her own shoes and growing into that and pushing past a lot of comfort zones. She was also grieving Marissa at the beginning and not really knowing how to deal with that. So it's a lot of sub story storylines for each character. Well, for, especially for her, um, but it's different. I don't know. I like you're saying. Like, what would I fill in if I if instead of the absence? I don't know. I have to. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, yeah. I know because there's not much we want to see. Right. I don't want actually want to see them in any harm. No, right. Of course but not. I also I'm like, well, this is just how they are right now. Uh, yeah. she says, no way Kirsten is 40. Quick right. math. How old was he when she had Seth? Every time I watch this episode, I think that. Like, you're 40 and your son is in college. Come on. Uh, right. Come on. She says, would you like, would you would have liked to have seen a spinoff show of the Cohen's baby experience in the OC? Uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm a sucker for a spinoff show. I mean, uh, I think it would have absolutely tanked. Yeah, it would be awful. But like, let's get season awful. one, right? Let's get a few episodes of that. Absolutely. Just to see the Sandy and Kirsten yeah. again. Yeah. yeah. And finally, do you guys miss Marissa? How do you compare Ryan and Marissa to Ryan and Taylor? Team Taylor or Team Marissa? Oh, Obviously, we already know Sam's. Well, Liz and I, we've talked about this at length almost every episode. <laughs> every we touch episode. upon it. Sam, you are Team Marissa. Yes. Bobby? Team Cooper Scooper all the way, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And right now, I think I'm Team Ryan. Enjoy yeah. your time with Taylor, but obviously, I love I Marissa. love Ryan, and I want Ryan to find that OT. I was going to say OTP, but like, yeah. It's OTL, it's one o- true love. Yeah, definitely. Thank you, Alicia. We got a couple of emails Thank this you. week. Emails are fun. I know. You got mail. <laughs> That's fun, Bobby. Thank Such you. Wow. Uh, Lisa, in one of the episodes, you guys... M- My mom loves that movie. Yeah, so do I. <laughs> uh, Lisa says, in one of the episodes, you mentioned how you met your spouse's parents. Yeah. And she says, I distinctly remember the day I met my now in-laws and my mother-in-law loves to share the story. We went to Purdue University and during one of the home football games, we had a celebration called Breakfast Club. Where you dress up in costumes and went to the bars at like 6 a.m., drank all morning, and then went to the game. Oh, my God. That's so cute. No. That wow. morning, since I am a true 80s child, I yes. decided to dress as Rainbow Bright, and my now husband was in terrible Paisley shirt and leisure suit. <laughs> oh, man. That's awesome. <laughs> I met him drunk on Slater Hill during tailgating before the game. It was amazing. And she actually attached Aww. a photo in the email. That's so cool. So thank that's you, awesome. Lisa, uh, for that story. We love hearing those stories. 
sweet. For sure. That's she, awesome. Yeah. She says in this episode is why I am team bullet. Yes, he's a big dumb My oaf. girl. But the ba- the way he and Caitlin are together just makes me smile. Oh. Yes, yes, I agree. She de- re- yeah. yeah. She deserves a real stepdad since her father is such a shit and Frank is not that guy. Yeah. 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 But Julia yeah. doesn't love him. <laughs> right. It's not about you right now, Julie. <laughs> I do lie. like that though. Like they dance together and she can see their connection and she genuinely has a a bond with him that's outside of like oh it's not because he has money and we can't pay the bills like I she right. genuinely feels but like she could not that it's like I mean it sounds a little creepy but like she could like see him as like an uncle like you can be in my life and we can yeah. spend time together you can give me those like dad lessons that I need yeah, but like tough. Julie doesn't need to be with him right. to do that yeah sorry she also knows that Liz is not a fan of Che but <laughs> he's just so ridiculous she can't help but like him Mm. in no way does she think he's a good character but his antics make her laugh hey I do laugh when Che is on the screen most of the time so I guess hey yeah like everyone needs a fan the, the really funny when he was chanting with Seth in the cave and Seth's like, like that uh, part was funny and this episode with him it, like, it was funny but like I, I would have traded that story like his storyline for development of something something yeah yeah like yeah should have something else chosen yeah. that water yeah uh, thank you, Lisa. Our final email of the evening is from Rachel. New listener, just started from the beginning, but I love season four, so I listened today when it popped up. Aww. I think so many people like season four because it's lighter, but I would think that everyone clearly acknowledges we wouldn't love season four if we didn't go through everything in the other seasons. True. Who wants to revisit so much drama from one through three? That's probably why I have watched season four the most. That and the black tees and the smile counter after the cage fighting, of course. Oh, my God. Uh, (laughs) Uh, I love the idea of Taylor stalking Ryan, but wish it wasn't in a groundhog costume. (laughs) To borrow one of your favorite words, it's so cringe and maybe the worst of the whole series. But Ryan... It's embarrassing. Do we say that too much? I know. Uh, (laughs) Gosh, I don't know, Liz. But but Ryan playfully stalking her after was so cute, and I love them together. Love the podcast. Now back to listening chronologically oh so sweet Thanks, guys yeah, welcome aboard yeah That's welcome awesome. thank you everyone who uh submitted your questions and comments and trivia so fun yes love it music in this episode we had of montreal silver sun pickups chemical brothers hot chip and the stills hot chip hot chip <laughs> all right smile counter so we've been keeping track of ryan's smiles i had three i had huh. five Vic had ten so ten Wow. I mean, I didn't. Yeah, you know, we have a hard time deciphering what, <laughs> what is, is an a smile? actual smile. Is it a smirk? Is it a smirk? How long? Do we have to see teeth? I don't know. I feel like a, a lot of Ryan's smiles are like from a sarcastic. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, standpoint. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, so it's not like a genuine. Like I'm so happy. It's more like you are really that fucking dumb, aren't you? Like, <laughs> he did yeah. have a genuine smile when he saw Kirsten on her birthday, though. Yes, yes. When they found right, out we she was pregnant. That one. So I'll give him two right and there. And when he made up with Taylor, yeah, talking there. Yes, they were they were oh. laughing. So a solid somewhere. three. Yeah, I had a solid three. Okay, sure. Uh, some fashion. I liked Caitlyn's Mac Boom Boom uh, shift eyeshadow that was like so in in the 2000s. <laughs> Look at you. They also had this. Someone else is wearing it. Was it like in One Tree Hill? They, this eyeshadow was like always used. Probably One Tree Hill. Yeah, I think it was One Tree Hill. I liked Julie's gold drop earrings. 
I liked Ryan's light blue, pl- light blue polo with the spiky hair. Mm, love mm-hmm. that look. Yum. I like Julie's <laughs> black dress at the party. Yeah, yes. she looks smoke show. Mm-hmm. I liked Kirsten's cream poncho, like, jacket. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So good. It's like, so anyone else would look frumpy, but her. Right, but her, so she classy. looks amazing. Yeah. Classic. classic. Her outfits are classic and timeless. Also, her her brown wrap sweater. Yes. yes. I like Summer's blue top. She wore this blue kind of satin cami in the end. I Tank. also like she had that black turtleneck, but it had the peephole pee mm-hmm. at mm. the event, I think it was. Yep. I liked Groundhog's hair. I don't know her yeah, name. Yeah, so the braids. Braids so really cute. cool. Yeah, she was like, was, like very, it off really um, well. that like. Boho I'm not trying, but it looks style. Yeah. Like I yeah. shop at Lucky. But yes, yeah, <laughs> you know? exactly. Yeah, yeah she's oh, Lucky. Cute. Does that still exist? We used to have a Lucky store business. in our mall. Yeah, they went out of business. Yeah, some guy at TJ Maxx was saying that they went under because of COVID. They went under. Uh, yeah. good Sorry. Jeans, yeah. yeah, really liked their jeans. We also got to give a shout out to Newport Chuck for just looking his most handsome. Oh my god, we love Newport Chuck! What a good boy he is! Like just looking his most. He was, and he looked fine even when he was stolen and taken for a ride. He was kept his cool. He's a champ, Newport Chuck. And I also just wanted to throw in there, loved. I also liked Caitlyn's hat because it just, I don't know, it just worked with that outfit. Oh Um, yeah, yeah. Like like with the with Mm -hmm. with the dark mascara and like the the outfit and like the hat. It just, I don't know, it just worked. She was like, she was at a dance recital. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> ah. Pretty much anything Taylor wears, like she has such a good wardrobe, in my opinion. I love her wardrobe. Mm. Anything she wears is just it just it works. She doesn't know how to not be perfect. Exactly. Mm. So there's that insecurity. Exactly. <laughs> but she is very well dressed but, like, to her she, benefit and her burden. Yeah, she doesn't overwear too much makeup. She's nothing no. too like flashy. It's just very like classy and preppy and mature. And her like, hair is always great. Yeah, like Yeah, her hair looks great. So I'll good. give her that. She's yeah. got good hair. Pretty much anything Taylor wears. Like I, I have to say, ten out of ten for every episode. And the bullet in that suit, he just looks like a classy dude. <laughs> there we go. Uh, just bullet out there, and he had a nice watch on. Of course, mm. yes. Yeah. Any more fashion? No. All right, let's get into some quotes. I have. Uh, no one plans a surprise party like Sandy Cohen. Mm-hmm. I could have been with the CIA. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh-huh. Oh no, that's just Summer's weird friend Shay. Well, that's kind of the other problem. Sometimes when I like someone, I kind of stalk them. <laughs> yeah, I have that as my Taylorism. <laughs> oh, you do. Um, I'm glad I don't sleep naked. Oh, yeah. Um, I had Caitlin's five people in this house, and I still end up eating dinner by myself. Because yeah, I, like, I hate eating by myself. So I'm like, I feel you. Even though there's not you five people. You do hate eating by yourself. Hate it. So I, yeah. yeah sure. I love it. I love it. Me too. Yeah, Put I the do. TV I, on. Have you ever like had a choking it. episode when you're alone that scares well, no. the food out of me? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. When you gotta go. You gotta go. You know. Okay. You gotta go on for that comment. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, can I throw in a quote? Yeah. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> Gosh, she's just getting placated. Uh. I have sometimes the universe makes you do things that you don't understand. Well, bullet bought it. Of course it is. <laughs> when I see something I like, I go for it like a bullet. Bang. <laughs> How about a pre-op snow cone? I I brought a papoose for you. <laughs> oh I think papoose is just a really funny it's word. It's a fun word to say. Yeah. 
Any other quotes? I don't think so. I know that I got you kicked out of Brown and everything, but you know that I always had the best of intentions for you, right? <laughs> Aw. I mean, that's I true. Guess. I guess. Yeah. Uh, Taylorism. Taylor. 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 Ah, that Taylor. Well, that's kind of the other problem. Um, sometimes when I like someone, I sometimes kind of uh, stalk them. Uh huh. Not in like a scary Star 80 way, just in, you know, like a follow them around and take pictures and log their activities and then compile it all in a factually accurate yet aesthetically pleasing scrapbook. And I had I that, loved that one, except so I was not going to write it all down. <laughs> yeah, I had that screenshot. Vic also chose that one as well. Yeah, I, I loved that quote. Jess's Taylorism. Uh, Taylor goes, were you just trying to stalk me? And Ryan goes, yeah, I guess. I need a little more practice. And Taylor goes, that is the most romantic thing anyone has ever <laughs> done for me. All right. So let's get into our MVPs and shittiest. Do you guys have yours? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Sort of. We're going to do Wait. MVP first. <laughs> Three, Three, two, two one. one. Sandy. Ryan. Okay. Let's go first. I picked Ryan, but also with a side of Sandy. Give me a little blue ribbon to Sandy. Okay. Uh, I just picked Ryan because I felt like he was so super cute in this episode. Oh, he always wins. Yeah, like, shit. but also, I don't know. I couldn't, it was a toss up between him and Sandy. I felt like Sandy with the whole mail truck and trying to make Kirsten's birthday the best. But there's something I just kept gravitating towards Ryan in this episode, which I feel like I haven't in a while. And I was glad to see that I liked his actions and the way he played off that he wasn't missing Taylor, but then he was looking at the book and sweet. Yeah, it was sweet. And then finally he's like, let's just stop this shit and let's just, you know, do it. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. You know, Sam, I'm tied between Julie and Sandy. Julie, because although I get it, I'm like hearing this in my head, like Mm -hmm. you don't get into a relationship for your kids, (laughs) but for one, she is considering her kids and that's something that Julie really never, took into consideration much she did but it was always well it's about me and Mm -hmm. jimmy screwed me over so i have to get redemption and get what's mine and what's owed to me so i give her a lot of credit she had that little reflection moment at the end where she's seeing them dance and she's like oh i really want this for caitlin and everything she's been through i think that showed a lot of growth for julie and sandy obviously like you said Mm -hmm. that birthday i'm a real fan of um just doing like he just goes 110 percent for a kirsten all the time and birthdays are no show he doesn't fall shy of that so yeah so romantic so great and so supportive when she says i'm pregnant he was just like yeah. great like we're gonna have a bit you know just everything yeah. he just always comes through 100 percent. i love it just a support and excitement a great overall partner and then my participation award for chuck the groundhog <laughs> he's so great i just love him bobby um julie for everything that sam said uh chuck for uh, everything sam said both chose chuck we love chuck hell yeah we love animals you came he's so funny his name is chuck i know it's like huh yeah newport chuck but 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 also i have to give it up to bullet because not only like no no no, hear me out though like i know i'm on the bullet bandwagon (laughs) but uh I love his relationship with Caitlyn because um, unlike most of the guys that Julie's dated who are probably just like, hey, they're kiddo. And mm-hmm. then they just go take out Julie and do what they got to do and come back. Like, he actually gives a shit about Caitlyn and he does it when Julie's not looking. That's how you true. know it's authentic. That's so true. That's so true. And, you know, she and 
that's probably why she hates most of the people her parent her, her mom has dated because they don't really give a shit about it they just want to you know do what they want to do with julius like he makes her feel especially makes her feel important and the bullet is someone you know who who you know he doesn't have to care about any of that kind of stuff but he's a good you know down homegrown dude like that who makes her feel important feel special and you know he's 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 a real family man in that sense so for me bullet not only taking an interest in julie but taking an interest in what's in it what's important to her is what makes you know me put bullet as the mvp because i'm i'm so touched by how bullet you know has this relationship with caitlin i, I absolutely love it yeah good choices i chose yeah. sandy for everything that you guys said who chose sandy <laughs> i've just chose sandy as well for looking for that mail truck Vic chose Julie for making a sacrifice, and Lexi chose a combination of Julie and Sandy. Oh, Suli. Samantha. Yes. Okay, shittiest. So, confession. I had a hard time with shittiest. Shittiest. Confession. I don't have a shittiest. I don't have a shittiest either. Do you guys have a shittiest? Do you guys have a clear shittiest? Oh, okay. So, we're going to go on the coattails. Yeah. All right. So, we'll do it on three, two, one. So, here we go. Three, Three, two, one. Try the therapist. Therapist. Oh, the therapist. That's a good That's one. A really good one. Totally you chose Che as well. Yeah. So <laughs> Vic chose Che for getting Seth arrested. Jess right. chose Caitlin for just being immature. Yeah, and I can see that. Lexi chose Che because he needs to go to the island. Yes. You yes. know what we mean by that? The island? Because I said that earlier and you gave no. me a look. No idea. On our shows, when a character goes away forever, like we call they're it, never coming back on the show. We in our little network, we call it the island. They're on the oh. island. Like you want them to, or they go. Well, let's just. Well, we put we're them. gonna actually physically no. put them. On the like if you let's say there's a character on the show and you're like, I want them to go to the island, but they didn't actually leave the show. Or well, the, it's no, only not you on only confirm when the person has physically actually, left okay. the Got show. It. Yeah, right. yeah. So he absolutely agreed. He needs to go to the island. With yeah, his <laughs> like Will is on the island. You know? yeah, Bye, yeah, Will. Yeah. God. Uh, who did you choose for your shittiest? Bobby? Frank? Um, Frank, just because fuck off, Frank. Oh, oh he's um, really Team Bullet, oh. you know? Yeah, he also really. is Team Ryan, and Frank fucked up Ryan. Yeah. From the mm. That's also why I hate fucking Frank. Uh, <laughs> um, and then Che, just because he just, he's like a dumpster fire, man. Everything that comes in contact with him just gets incinerated. Um, but the other one that I totally forgot about was... But sometimes the dumpster fire means well, and just, you know... Um, he, and then the other one is definitely the therapist. Just yeah, because, yeah, like, yeah. Should have done that. Poor boundaries, suck. poor ethics. If there, if if you were a real person, I would report you to the ethics committee immediately. It's a serious issue. Yes, for sure. Serious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you, guys. It's that time of the week where we announce our patron, patron of the week. week. It's patron of the it's so happy that my sunny Ava gets this introduction. Ava. <laughs> so last week on Three Gossip Girls, we had our patron Ava on. She was an excellent co-host. We wanted to say thank you, and we were so excited to have you on the podcast. If you want to listen to that episode, go to Three Gossip Girls. <laughs> check it out. And check it out. It was a good time. Uh, but we seriously, we just wanted to say thank you, Ava, for supporting us for this long. And we are so excited that you got to be on and that we are getting to know you 
You're a sweet gal. So thank you. Thank you, Ava. And, and thank you to all the other listeners and subscribers to this podcast. Uh, just because, like, I mean, I know y'all love the same shows and everything, and that's great. But as as an unbiased or mostly unbiased observer, you know, I, I watch listen Michelle put their hearts and souls into this podcast and you know I I love that it's received with your love and and you you know I know you the listeners make this podcast worth it for them and you know it helps keep you know keeps all this you, you guys are the lifeblood of this and it makes it so much better of a podcast than it would be so you know I just want to say thanks as you know someone who who loves listen Michelle you know for all of your for all of your enthusiasm and all of your support for this podcast because it's something they're both so passionate about and you know they you know, it, it's it's for you guys, and you make it all worth it for them. So, just thanks for supporting this podcast and this network as Thank well. Thank you, Bobby. Boo boo. My eyes got smaller and smaller because I, I kept smiling harder and harder. <laughs> like, I can't see. <laughs> Thank you, Bobby. But it's thanks, the truth. Bobby. It is the yeah. truth. All right, Liz, are you ready for the haiku? Oh, I'm so excited, but yet not because like we're so close. We're so close to the <laughs> end. To the end. I know. All <laughs> right, here's your haiku for season four, episode thirteen. The Case of the Franks. Oh, brother. Memories are shared and there are dates being planned. Which team are you on? Oh, God. Um, There's a competition of Frank versus the bullet. Yes. Okay. I remember just that in conversation. Mm-hmm. The first part, memories, memories are, shared. are shared. Maybe between Frank and... Ryan or between hmm. Hmm. are we going through mm, no I was gonna say like maybe it's a family thing and Kirsten's like here look at my baby pictures of Seth because you guys are so old now and growing up and or maybe Seth and Summer are reflecting on memories of their relationship I am lost with this one. <laughs> okay, you're. I mean, but the Franks, you know, it's a Frank heavy the team, episode. The team mm-hmm. situation is definitely a thing that will be played out. Yeah, um, <sighs> that's okay. Memories, memories. Hmm. I don't. I'm really lost with that. I'll one. I'll fill you in after dark. I'm excited. <laughs> okay. Good job. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Knowing what the team meant. That brings us to the end of the episode. Thank you so much, to everyone who sent in your questions and comments this week your emails we love it your dms all of it we we absolutely uh couldn't do this show without you thank you sam and boo boo for joining us the therapist as you are now uh named (laughs) we should get them a shirt that just say the therapist therapist. and on the back let's talk go see (laughs) on the back of mine if i could just get bang oh yeah sure we would of course say bang hashtag team ryan we got a new review this week on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much to everyone who's leaving us our reviews. Yeah, each week we're getting new ones. We so appreciate it. If you haven't yet, please consider leaving us a review. You'll put a giant smile on Listenize's face. Mm-hmm. Five stars is pretty great. But this one's from Simon Jackson Turner oh. from Great Britain. Our buddy Simon. Thank you, Simon. He says, amazing podcast. Highly recommend five stars. All of the It Takes Three Podcast Network podcasts are amazing. If you enjoy the OC or even if you don't, this is a great fun podcast. The hosts have amazing chemistry and you are sure to be entertained and enjoy this podcast. Thank you, Simon. Thank you, Simon. And like we said at the top of the show, he's one of the hosts of the Mighty 90s podcast and the Ravens podcast. A One Tree Hill podcast. 
They're awesome. so great. And they're going to, him and Dom will be on for 4.15. Yeah. So two weeks? Yeah. Ish. The penultimate. So like always, stay tuned for After the Break where we go into our After Dark segment. And until then, we'll see you next week for episode 13, The Case of the Franks. After dark. After dark. dark. Let's talk. Let's talk. A Sam yawns. It's late, guys. After dark. We're getting there. Okay, so Liz, yes, we have Frank versus Bullet. It's Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day. And February 2nd, Kirsten's birthday. And yeah. Uh, right, but Sandy and Kirsten go down memory lane, and Kirsten feels well, Doesn't she tell about him about him, Jimmy, Jimmy and her? Yeah. Oh, wait, I kind of remember yeah. that. And Max Greenfield plays a young yes! Sandy yes. Cohen. Who plays a young Kirsten? I don't it's, know. Oh, my I God, yes. That. You remember that? Yes, yeah. and Max Greenfield is like the perfect young perfect. Sandy Cohen. yeah. And doesn't she? Yeah, a lot comes out. Yeah, yeah. I remember that yeah. now. But doesn't she? She has abortion. a had an abortion. abortion. Right. Yes, right. but they also allude to that when Teresa was having her baby. Right. I forgot that we go back to that. Yeah. Oh shit! This is gonna be a good one. Let's hope so. I hope so. Dang. After these past two weeks. Well, Tish says she's excited for next week. Uh, what she remembers most about season four comes from uh, what happens in next week's episode. Is there? Is the? Uh, I'm sorry, you're twitching. Sorry. The You can say What is it? No, I can't think of baby the word. earthquake. Earthquake. Thank you. Oh, that's okay. The, yeah. yeah. That's the penultimate where you have episode. Okay. Liz mentioned this before, but it's crazy to me that both women had babies in their later in life. However, over the past 10 to 15 years there's been an increase of people having children. Definitely. Cuz Julie also has a baby. Right. 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 But so, back back then they like, do everything so many together. years ago, 2007. but 2007 you, I, I mean, know, thirty-five had is considered a geriatric pregnancy, right? Which, which I think nice now title. they technically change it to thirty-seven, thirty-seven, which right. is fine. Ooh, we have time. <laughs> we have time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you, Tess. Jess yes. asks, "Has anyone watched Chuck? It's another Josh Schwartz show. It used to be on NBC, but now it's available on Prime Video." She says she's only on season two of five so far. Rachel Bielson is in a couple of episodes. Oh. Melinda Clark is in one and also the girl who played Lucy last week is a supporting character. Oh, that's really funny. And the guy who is in the jail cell with Seth and Che in tonight's episode is a supporting actor on that series as I well. I guess he, there it they is. like to use the same yeah. Vic says, oh no, four episodes to go. This is getting sad. But here uh, we go. Another holiday episode. I really like this episode. Team Bullet, Team Frank, and it's funny and sweet. Hmm. And we also hmm. get a little of the past. Yeah, I'm yeah. really excited about that. Yeah. Ooh. So she sent her core five and ranked them. So last week, Sam. Oh, right. Yeah. We were asking, how would you rank Ryan, Taylor, Summer, Marissa, Seth? Individually? Like, well, like one through five. One through five. Not like, you know, who's your favorite and who's your least so favorite. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read Vix first and then I want your answers, okay? Yeah, and you can marinate. So Vic says, <laughs> she goes, core five, don't hate me. Vic, we would never hate never. you. All opinions are great here. Yeah. Ryan, I love him. Taylor, there's just something about her. Summer, most character development. Marissa, 
the kindest soul. Seth, he matured very slowly. I I mm. predicted that's how Vic would rate them just by knowing her. Oh yeah, she loves Taylor. Yeah. She loves Taylor and Ryan. Who wants to go? They're both just staring. Oh, here comes Bob. Ryan, number one, obvi. Uh number number two would I like Vic's reasoning for summer character development. Definitely summer. Three, got to go with Seth. He's my, just something about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then... Uh, Marissa or Taylor. Oh, Marissa and then Taylor. <laughs> that was an easy one. Okay. Oh, wait, they're only within the confines of those five people. Yes, yes the core just, five. Were you not listening? <laughs> I, I don't, okay. No, she has to change her list. <laughs> no, I just said like the core five. That's it. Core kid five. Just, yeah. just right, ranking them. Right, I'm like thinking Kirsten. I no, get overwhelmed. She's not a, she's not a kid. Okay. She's All a parent. Right. Well, she's 40. Could be a kid. Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or 30. Whatever. So, Ryan, I think he has one of the strongest character developments. That's right, Soli. Soli agrees. Um. <laughs> Seth no Summer again character development okay Alicia Taylor's five I'm just gonna put that out there um <laughs> take some of the trap away uh and then Seth or Marissa Seth then Marissa oh so you have the same answer as Bobby oh <laughs> yeah Ryan Summer Seth yeah. Marissa Taylor okay Okay, good choices. Have you come up with yours yet, or you? No. We don't oh, know. but you get weeks to marinate. Well, <laughs> I'm like, the host, so <laughs> yes. Short order cook over here, food. and she's like, you're the guest, moonshine. you're in the hot seat. That's right. I I can't rank yet. I want to rank, but then I feel guilty about putting certain people in certain yeah, spots. Yeah, same. Oh, I know Marissa. Marissa's number one for me. All I right. figured. All right. Yeah, I am Can very... I why? She's going to put Ryan at five. I no. I'm because like, no, she's no, she won't. no because Ryan's she's not Marissa. Five. Yeah, like I just absolutely love Marissa's storyline. Do you love her so much because other people hate her? No, okay. it's not about. No, that. it's not that at all. We, I think, it, I miss she, her. I miss her too. Yeah, I really do miss her. Sure. And rewatching this and discussing every week with Liz and how maybe at times we did have to defend Marissa. Yeah, but I'm, I don't love her because I have to defend her. I just find. I found her interesting. I liked her. I found her level-headed and yes, reasonable. Extremely. Uh, her like, face. That's the face. When we say that, people do Because I've made similar decisions to her, and you're like, that was completely out of left. Like, like what? Like you've said, like you... Like Bobby like too said, trusting. Like, right, like too trusting. Oh, well, you yeah. That's just naive. That's naive. Right. So that, yeah, but I don't know. I just... There's something about Marissa's character that I just love. Me too. I love Marissa. I mean, I love her. I, I do love her too, even though she frustrates me. And I feel but like I do she does her. get a lot of shit when it's it's not, should not be granted to her. Yes. She has mm-hmm. dealt a crappy card. Yeah. And, yeah. And I liked her storyline. I liked her story. Me too. No, I agree. So I, did, I did like her. She's, just not she's definitely favorite. number one. I'm not sure who five is. The middle is a mess. So <laughs> we'll just leave it <laughs> so at that. So we're just stuck at Marissa. <laughs> And then last but not least, we have been incorporating people's top five and bottom five of the whole 
series of cast members. Right. So you right? can include other you don't, you don't. You don't have, have to, to answer. Do it now. We're going to have a whole like episode. Yeah. So we've been <laughs> asking people to, to submit theirs and every week I share one. So this week is Lisa and she has different lists. I'm excited. So for this. list number one is her favorite and least favorite okay. from top to bottom. Okay. So her top, her are they top, in particular order? It's her top five characters. Okay, okay. so there's no particular order. Her favorites. Okay, this is top five favorites. Seth, Sandy, Anna, Ryan, Che. What? And she what? says, don't judge me. He is hilarious. Can you expand on that? Her bottom, <laughs> bottom five, top, okay, bottom five are Marissa, Caitlin, Frank, Oliver, Johnny. Oh. Then she has best and worst characters. Wow. So, uh huh. Her top best characters are Julie, Sandy, Ryan, Summer, Kirsten. It's good choices. Mm. The mm-hmm. bottom worst characters: Trey, Rebecca, Dawn, Jimmy, Johnny. In parentheses, worthless. Oh, oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, I feel so bad for Johnny. Every time someone card. puts him in the bottom five, I'm like, guys. I mean, he's come better on. than Lindsay. How is Volchuk yeah. not as made? Yeah, where's Volchuk? Volchuk is rarely in fuck? people's we, bottom. So we Anthony list, probably infiltrated these people. No. Yeah, right. We're drinking Anthony's Kool Aid. <laughs> yeah, people. seriously. Listen, I talked about this last week. If we would include Volchuk, and she said he's, he's just, just worthless at this. Like he's, he's not even a thought think about him. Wow, which Five. is crazy. Savage. He killed Marissa. So oh, it's interesting savage. how Lisa yeah. has Che in favorite. Her top five favorite yeah. Che is in there. Marissa is in the least favorite category, which I can understand. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then best characters, I agree. Julie, Sandy, Ryan, Summer, Kears. Those are, I mean. Yeah, like the most enjoyable to watch, I think. And then bottom, I do agree with her bottom, except for Johnny. Yeah. Johnny. Trey was awful. Trey was awful. awful. We did not and like Rebecca. Really uncomfortable watching. Rebecca, Rebecca was awful. Awful. I like Dawn. Me too. I like Dawn. I felt for her. No one put Lindsay in these. Kind of I we had some Lindsays. Oh, uh, I have a sweet spot for Jimmy. I know he's Me a shit too. father. Same. I know he's a shit Me father. Too. I know. Same. Aunt There's like can't about stand it. Jimmy anymore. Like Ant's like Jimmy's yeah, well, the worst. He likes Volchok, so his uh, you know I yeah. don't trust his judgment. Jess it's also good. sent us hers, but we're gonna read that next week because I'm we're doing Excited. one per week. So thank Sprinkles. you, Jess. Sprinkle of it in. <laughs> can I can I take a crack at the top five? Because oh absolutely, wow. if you you're ready, it, yeah, you I, go for it. I think I'm ready. Um, so you might have already given yours on one of the episodes, but I don't remember. Just been thinking about it for the last you know one and a half minutes. So you know <laughs> it's pretty in depth as you could tell. It's well um, thought out. So my so my top my top five. I'm gonna have to go with Ryan. I'm going to have to go with Sandy, Natch. Uh, I'm going to have to go with Luke. Absolutely. Luke. Absolutely Luke in my top five. Uh, I'm also going to have to go with Anna. I mean, like, come on. She should be in everybody's top five. And my my last one for my top five, I will probably have to... I will probably have to go with... Um, with uh, the bullet. Yeah. yeah there it is. Bang. Yeah, bang. Shocking. Um, okay. Yeah, I'd, pro- I'd probably have to put him in there. And then for my for my worst five. Uh, worst five. The, you know, Volchuk, let's just get that out of the way. Mm-hmm. If I could put Trey? Oliver as the other four, I would. Oh. Um, Trey and Oliver. I'd put, right? I'd put 
Yeah, so I'd put Volchuk, I would put Oliver, I'd put Johnny, I would put Trey, and then I would probably also have to put Lindsay. probably Ryan's parents. I just oh, fucking okay. hate them. What about, Re- what about Lindsay? Don was cheap. She was such a whiny little deer. They just they did Ryan so wrong. He's this little yeah. kid and they just abandoned yeah, him. Yeah, but Don, like, that's, that's so what crummy. happens. But I feel like we Don got her a little bit of a redemption. All right, you know, oh, you're right. But it's your uh, list. That's no, your list. No, right. I try to be objective. I'm gonna. Well, it's kind of hard to be objective, objective when you're being emotional. But so fine. then, how do you put? I'll pull what's them. his face on there, Trey? Because he's from the same family. Yeah, but he has no good about him. I agree. I mean, he Ryan. assaulted Marissa on the beach. But then, how do you I put hate Trey? I hate him. Yeah, I, I, you know what? I'm gonna pull Ryan's he's parents like, oh. out, and I have sympathy because his mom clearly has a problem. Um. I'll, I'll pull them out, and then I would, and then in re- return for that, I think I'd probably end up having to put Caleb in there. Honestly, okay. right. yeah, I'd probably just put Caleb in there. He's pretty sure. You know, when it's when I think of Caleb and when I think of Jimmy, I think of like classic OC, and I yeah, think of the same. good old days, and yeah. I think of season one, oh, yeah. season two, and chaos, and Marissa's in there, and I'm like, yeah, I feel like hey, I let's can't throw put Caleb on. Let's there, throw right? Zach in there, and let's throw Alex in there, and. Alex. Alex. Yes. Oh, man. Love Olivia Wilde. She was great. You know, I have to really think about how we're going to do our list. Right? Like, I you know? need to really do my research and remember all the characters that have graced us. I think Oliver might be on one of my best lists. Mm, I love as like a Oliver. character. Not favorite. Right. As a character. Yeah, as a character. For oh. this, I really. Oliver is someone I love I to hate. I have such a. I love to hate Oliver. I have such a yeah. bias against Same thing him. with Volchuk. I love to hate him. Like, that's how you know you no, do such hate a good him. job. I hate yeah, him. I, just didn't I, like can't, him. Like, I can't even invest my energy in him because he's so fucking exhausting. Yeah, I just want him to always just not Don't be on the be screen. But oh, Oliver yeah, no. had those crazy eyes. Yeah, I loved I, Oliver. I hate the living shit out of those two, you know, whatever. I'm going to hold back. That's but okay. I, hold back. I, 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 hold hate, I hate the two of them so much. But that's how I know they're great characters because they've made me hate them. I've put, yeah. an, I've put an emotional investment in hating them. And that's how I know they did such a good job at playing their role. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Well, thank you, Lisa, for sending your list. I love this layout. Yeah. I'm very impressed with how everybody is writing there. We have some good inspiration. We sure do for when we do ours. But that's all we have for After Dark this week. Do you guys have any closing statements? (laughs) Any final questions or comments? Can you believe that our OC journey is coming to an end? No. It's crazy. I feel like season four is such a different... It's like a, a spinoff almost because yeah. it's so different. For, like you said, it's like before Marissa and after Marissa are like different shows. And almost. the beginning of season four, I was really into. Mm-hmm. And these couple, I'm like, yeah. this is, oh, right. These are like bumper episodes. I right. don't really watch season four. Right. Right. Because I felt like since the beginning of season four, I was waiting for it to be like, ah, it feels different. And it didn't really until now. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, you guys are putting too much weight into like these comical aspects comical, with right. characters that nobody cares about. So like, what's his face? Schwartz was, he was already writing for Gossip Girl at this point. Yeah. Was that the pro- like, was that I don't the- think that was the problem. I think the network didn't pick it up. I've read yeah. certain things. So, like, yeah. it just didn't get renewed. Because I'm wondering, because there is definitely a different vibe to it. Mm-hmm. There's a different tone to it. You said they have these comical aspects. They have these sub-character developments. It's lighter, but I don't know it's lighter. if it's better. It's not right. No, it's definitely not better. So I didn't know if that was inf- like Josh had other things, hands in other pots, and that's what influenced. Like you can't have 110 in all your projects. I thought we read, yeah, we read a couple different things, you know, like but I'm one was that 
he knew the show, like the network didn't want the show to progress. And so he wanted to do like fun at the end, which is what it is, I guess. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. The finale is going to happen. I'm going to be super emotional. Yeah, definitely. Definitely going to cry. Yeah. If so, I guess I would ask the listeners if it if you do feel similarly to that, what would you put in as replacement episodes? Mm. Or are there certain themes or characters that you would like to see? It's funny. I feel like they keep asking us that and then we ask them that. Yeah. We don't know. Like summer, we're like, we don't really know what we would have done with them. You know, people didn't like the therapist storyline. People were some people love Che, like Lisa found Che hilarious. I don't rest as a character. Some people found it stu- found him's character stupid. Right. I don't know. He's okay. You know, and now we have to Summer's home. She got kicked out of college. So yeah. It's like this weird limbo. I feel like right. for me, I would have liked to see more of that like college life. Like if yeah. we're going to do like. If we're going to go there, let's go diff- there. Yeah. Like let's yeah. go there. Let's go to the campus. Right. Let's do like, let's go to parties. Right. And like, think that's have why friendship I, and development. They didn't do it though. Right. Because now they're home and they're like, oh, we're not actually doing this college experience. Right. Yeah. So. I guess. That back and forth thing is, fr- it's almost like. Dawson's Creep with the whole fucking show. Like I feel like it was like this way, that was just two. Did I tell you I tried to watch it? Yeah, and you can't can't get through it it because it's that. It's for four seasons of that. So I feel like even a a taste of that and a show that was so powerful with its storylines can get really. I don't know. Over. Yeah. It's not. um, But I feel like they they that if if they did more like scenes at college and everything that really could have like brought you know extra life to the show and because there's there's so much more writing material you could do with like college themes and everything like that so I thought that would have been very interesting right maybe they were worried that they couldn't like involve the parents with that like how do do we keep Sandy and Sandy and Kirsten and Julie relevant, but it'd be like Fuller House, you know, they'd make guest appearances, kind of. And also, they know they the show was ending, ending and they had a certain amount of episodes. Mm -hmm. It's like let's fill in all this, but or yeah. Wait, this is after dark. We get spoiler alert. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What What if they ended up going to Berkeley, where Sandy ended up teaching at? Like that would be a cool way to tie everything in. I know it's true. Yeah. That'd have been cool. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I did because this is probably going to be my last time on the show before mm. the pod uh, is gonna be the last true. time on the pod before, before you shows. know we wrap up with the oc and everything like that i was curious so there's a lot of like relationships in this show and i was wondering if any of the listeners had any thoughts on characters who never dated but they think could have been a good match with each other uh question. you'll have to stay tuned because i have a article that i'm going to share hmm. next week that vic sent us and it's about couples who According to Screen Rant, should have like should have been together, but never actually were together. Well, look at how that oh. you how did you transition that? My goodness, that's a little teaser we didn't for next week's that. After Dark. That's fun. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm excited. I'll send it to you, Boo Boo. <laughs> oh, I'm looking forward to it. All right, guys. Until next week. Bye. 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 <laughs> Bye. <laughs>